Hey guys, uh, we're going to start the show by talking about how tired Steve is. <laughs> Before Adam joined the call, was complaining about his baby waking him up. Because shocking, babies don't sleep all night. Yeah, what a dick. No, I know. This, this was, uh, well, yeah, now my mentions are going to be bombarded because I care about my baby. Because uh, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, no, it's... Uh, I've been saying about Leo, you know, how's your baby doing? How's, how's it, how's, you know, being a new dad? I always go, you know what? He has some pretty bad days. He does not have bad nights. Last night was a very bad night. <laughs> Just couldn't get to sleep, huh? Uh, he got to sleep. He got to sleep. Um, and that, that was the thing of it. He would go to sleep just long enough that you would fall asleep. And then, rah! and I think he's going through... I, um, I, I, I read I had two audiobooks in particular for new dads, and I want to find both authors and punch them in the face just because they didn't, they didn't prepare me at all for they, – they tell you, oh, it's hard. You know, it's hard. And, and you know, this, you're not going to sleep very much. They don't tell you the reason you're not sleeping very much is because your baby is screaming for 75 minutes. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can try giving them gas drops. You can try. But like you ever take something for a headache and your headache doesn't go away? You can take gas drops and you don't get out all your farts. So you're literally there rocking a tiny human as they scream in your face, begging them to fart. Begging them to the point where you go, yes, when they do. And then you realize, oh, you ever have gas and then fart and it's not over because there's more farts? And that's what it is. And you want to help and you can't. And I don't know where you thought this was going to go, Jesse. Did you think this was going to be fun? No, I... I, I haven't freaking slept. You wanted, you wanted to yell and we're giving you your platform to yell a little at your baby. If I had the energy to yell, I would. I'm getting the coffee down me. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Jesse, I'm going to need you to boost your mic a little bit if you don't mind. A little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a little quiet. Jesse, I'm going to need you to keep it down because people have been <laughs> screaming at me. For the last 24 hours, Adam! Why? Because they have to fart! Oh, that, no, well. So bad! Wow, the entire city of Boston has to fart? Oh, that. That's crazy. I can't believe that. (laughs) No, every year, it's, this year's just different because there's the playoffs going on, but every year I need an excuse to get off Twitter Mm -hmm. for a bit, and I was like, oh, thanks, everybody. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. And so now I'm now I'm gone, and obviously I'm much happier. Can you tell? So Tuka Rask has left uh, the bubble and gone back home. His wife is pregnant. They have two kids already, and he just said, "You know what? I can't do this." And it was interesting watching Don Sweeney's press conference because he said, "You know, if you had insight into this situation, which obviously Don would, you wouldn't be too surprised by this." You know, it was something he came in, he gave it a shot, he played well, but you know, the Bruins have. I mean, Bruins fans are very tough on the Bruins anyway. Uh, but the Bruins have played relatively well. They started a bit slow. Um, and now, without their starting goaltender, are probably a little bit thrown off. And, and, you know, this is a team that was heading into the pandemic, a Stanley Cup favorite. So, I mean, you can understand. I can understand uh, disappointment. I can understand sure. uh, a little bit of frustration. 
Uh, I don't understand character assassination on this. Like, this is a guy going home to his family. Uh, and, you know, anybody that says, well, he shouldn't have done it in the first place, well, he tried. Imagine yeah. he just, like, you know, the thing is he tried to do it, uh, and it, it wasn't working for him and his family. And I don't understand beyond that what there is to do. Obviously, we all want our hockey teams to win. Uh, but at the same time, this is a humanity thing. And I think that there are people that are out there, a lot more people that are out there stirring the shit than actually believing that he's evil for somehow leaving the Boston Bruins. He didn't leave them in a lurch. It sounds like they were, there was a ton of communication between him and Boston uh, uh, upper management. And, you know, I got to say, if you're a fan of Boston, you're a fan of another team, this is something you should expect to see through September, October. Remember, this is going to continue for a long, long time. And, you know, we've just all spent, you know, some of us 10 weeks, 15 weeks away from our families, at least here in Ontario, where we actually have social distancing rules. And um, you know how hard that was. And imagine it was like you didn't have to. <laughs> like, I don't have to do this. And, and I don't blame Tuca for going, I, my wife's alone at home. What am I supposed to do? So the well, and, and Don Sweeney mentioned the insight, right? So the people are talking like I saw Jesse, one. Person. I can hear you breathing, by the way. <laughs> See, I don't know if that's his breathing or is that something in the background? It's his, it's his nose. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's such uh, a gross. Are you bored by this topic, Jesse? Is that what it is? Uh, so bored. Okay. Well, uh, no, no, it's very interesting. Keep going, Steve. Do you know how much I love hearing the sound of snoring? Yeah. Like just, it's <laughs> ASMR for me. Ooh, someone's sleeping. Hmm. That's good stuff. Um, no, the, the Don Sweeney thing about having insight into the situation and not just, oh, he has, oh, he's the first guy to have a wife and kids and want to go home. Can I, can I just say what's on my mind? People are pieces of shit. People are pieces of shit. And I got the opportunity to unfollow a bunch of people. A bunch of, I'm like, oh, you used to be relevant. I don't give a fuck about you anymore. And just unfollow them. And, and just people are pieces of shit. I don't understand the knee-jerk reaction to automatically just start talking uh, masturbatorially about the military and how, like, Tuka Rask the is military. not in the military. What are you talking about? What? What about people who went overseas? What about them? It's the goalie for the Bruins, you psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> try being a, try being the goalie for the Boston Bruins. Right. By well, the way, I work 60 hours. You know what? You don't have nearly 300 wins and your top 20 all-time in playoff wins. Well, I didn't. Shut up and get better. Get better. Tukaraski is better than you. At most things, do you understand? Mm -hmm. Holy shit! And you don't understand the specifics of what's going on. She says, oh, he's got a wife and kids. You think he's the only guy with a wife and kid? Fuck you. So there's, there's my little rant this morning. At, listen, we're in the golden age of bad people. And I just, I snapped yesterday and couldn't, couldn't stand it. And I will forever hold it against Tugarask that he wasn't on the beaches of Normandy. Mm -hmm. I will forever – well, he's finished. That's not fair. I, I will forever uh, hold it against him that he wasn't on skis holding back the Russians. 
my grandpa took shrapnel in Salerno, Italy. That was his fault, too, because if Tuca Rask was there, he would have saved them. What the fuck? What is the matter with people? Like, th- also, let's talk about the fact that there, there's a specific the job day. of being in the military. The job of being in the military is far more important than the job of being a goaltender for a National Hockey League team. <laughs> yeah, no and shit. I feel like that's Actually, adult Adam Wild. No yeah, shit. Heads, no, that's You can't just pack up and leave and go home if you're in the military. <laughs> but that's what you chose when you signed up for the military. And you knew that. No, and, and, and also, and also nah. for hockey fans, for hockey fans to do that, after like a bunch of European players having their NHL debuts delayed because of mandatory military service, only to come to the NHL and get called soft for several decades. What, what is with people picking and choosing with the military? I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. They were commies but, though, Steve. So oh. they, they don't, they're not, they're not real people. They're commies. People uh, <laughs> so, just so love, there's... love. They jump at an opportunity to take advantage of the military. There's Fuck a couple off. of things going on here. What? One is, uh, just to correct something from earlier, his wife is not pregnant. Uh, oh, she had okay. the baby back in April. Oh, okay. That oh, okay. So it's even, yeah. Dude, that's even harder. That's yeah, even so harder. He has yes, a fresh baby at home. Two, Steve, you should be ashamed for being on Twitter on a Saturday morning in August yeah. when it was 32 degrees outside. How You're dare you? You're right. You're How dare you? Right. Why You're even check your phone? Right. Look at the sun. I don't know. Go don't for know. a There's so many ride. people... There's so many people who, Jesse, I would love to do any of those goddamn things. There, but there are so many people who I looked at uh, in, in the months of yesteryear, and I'd see them going on these tweet threads, and I'm like, bro, go raise your kids. Like, I know you have kids. Like, why, why are you doing this 30-tweet rant? And uh, then I was that guy. And I was so ready for someone to say that to me. They're sleeping next to me, actually. Finally sleeping. So I thought I'd tweet. I was so ready for people to tweet that at me. But uh, I get it. I get it. And uh, links, and I think that's it. You, you asked for questions. <laughs> I'll retweet that. DMs, I'll check some DMs. That's it. I'm fucking done for a while. And then I'll be back. It's my job. And then the other and thing And I'll be is, back on the island of bad people. With stories like these, we shouldn't let the people reacting to the story make it the new story. Like the story right. shouldn't be the people reacting to the story. The story should always just be to grasp and what's going involved it going on with the Boston Bruins and them losing the goalie and all that stuff. The story, the new narrative shouldn't be, ah, people are outraged about the story and that becomes the story. Cause then, and then you're the, outraged the, about the people who are outraged. And then the whole thing is just people being outraged about the outraged people. And then we lost the entire plot. Mm-hmm. That's- Why weren't you guys in my backyard yesterday? You could have saved me from so much bullshit. <laughs> That's the wrong thing to focus on here. I yeah. agree. I agree. Like, listen. So I, I, so I left. So okay. I left. I did the adult thing. I was at a party. I looked around and I said, there's a lot of people I don't recognize here, and I think that guy's got a knife. I'm going to go. And I, I wish you guys were there to have steered me clear. Because someone said, you want another shot? And I said, yes. And my friends, Adam and Jesse, weren't there to steer me clear. God damn it. I, I think what you got to remember about um, the way people react to things is often it's not, especially when it's a surprise, it's not well. Uh, and I think, uh, um, I think that the people that were against it, and there were some mem- members of the media who, who tap danced around the fact that they didn't like it either. Um, you know, 
you're entitled to your opinion. And I'm talking specifically about Mike Milbury, um, who has had just a banner couple of weeks. Um, and, and I, you know, the, the, what he inherently said in his statement was not incorrect. So when you, if, if you go back and you watch it, he said, you know, Tuca was here and then he wasn't, I personally wouldn't have done that to my teammates. You don't fucking know that. And well, you don't fucking know that Mike, you don't fucking know that. You you know what? It doesn't really, it doesn't even really matter. I think the point is the inference was this guy's betraying his team. Mm -hmm. And you know, you could see, the thing is with the English language is it's not just the words, it's the tone. It's, it's where you're leading people. And Mike Milbury, although he's like a baseball bat in terms of subtlety, uh, he for sure had a read between the lines here thing going on there. And that's when, you know, for me, I retweeted it and, and, and it, this goes hand in hand with what he said about the games uh, in the exhibition uh, where he compared it to NCAA women's hockey. Um, and as in how quiet it was. And, you know, I, I think, um, uh, and then we, you know, we could talk about the Jack Ed- Edwards thing too, uh, a little bit later, but I think, um, I a lot of that. well, yeah, it's, it's bad. So my, my frustration point is with this stuff, you know, I understand Mike Milbury comes from a point of view. Um, and you know, Don Cherry came from a point of view and I'm not calling them the same. Uh, Elliot Freeman, as much as he tries, has a point of view. Uh, it's just very subtle. Um, you know, Jeff Merrick would have a point of view. Pierre Maguire's got a point of view. Everybody does. But when you espouse family values and camaraderie and teammates, the thing that bothers me is that if one guy leaves to do what he feels is best for his family, then all of a sudden he's a bad teammate. And the only team that you owe anything to throughout your life is your family. That's the only team that you ultimately owe anything to. And I find it very funny that people can lose track of that. You know, the first team in your life is your family. And, and these guys who claim to be big team guys, really good team guys, all about team and team, team, really, I'm a nice guy or whatever. Um, you know, when it comes to anything that breaks their view, they're not team guys anymore. And a team guy is going to understand why Tuka Rask wants to go back to his number one team. And so I found, I found Mike's, I find Mike's perspective out of touch anyway. Uh, I don't get the appeal. I don't understand. Like I know the space needle thing was funny. But he was, you know, he, I think he was being serious. Like, I really don't think he knows where he is and probably doesn't care. He's a hockey person, so he's probably fanatical about hockey. I don't, I don't care at this point how nice, how kind, how generous or whatever off camera. At a certain point, you've run your time. And I think that this is, and I, don't, I hate calling out other broadcasters like this, but I got to say, I think time's up. And uh, I don't know what audience he is supposed to represent that will move the game forward in the future. You know, when we talk about, um, we talk about where we want this game to go and, and reaching out to youth culture and that sort of thing, Mike Milbury's not going to get us there. Now, I don't know if NBC gives a shit, but I do know that the NHL has some say in some of the broadcasting decisions that are made by its partners, or at least that's what's been inferred. So, obviously, they don't hate having him there. 
And, you know, that brings me to Jack Edwards, who, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the tweet because I think it's worth well, it. Now, this is an incident here, that happened in the game. Before you get to Jack, Adam, can, can yeah. I say one thing about Mike there? Yeah. He, he did say one thing in that little clip that I saw before I lost my mind and stopped mm-hmm. going on Twitter. Um, about, uh, you, you know, there's a section of Boston Bruins fans who already don't like him. And this isn't going to help. Now, I don't want to. Oh, wanna, yeah. I don't want to. I forgot what? that part. <laughs> he, yeah, he said that. Now, I don't want to like, blanket oh. all Boston Bruins fans. That's wrong. You don't blanket all any fans. And mm-hmm. Pete Blackburn said something similar to this. And he's not wrong. Like, it's not, it's not going to help in the eyes of those fans. And so, you know, but they didn't appreciate him anyway. What are you complaining that he's gone for? You said he sucked. Well, you don't appreciate shit. Like, you, you didn't think he was good in the first place. Why are you so upset that he's leaving? Right. There, Yaroslav Halak won game three. Shut up about it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, think, I think you're right, Steve. I think – I know I'm right. It's, 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 it's – they're juxtaposing views. Um, so, if you don't like him so much and he leaves, you should be happy. And yet yeah. – yeah. And, and so uh, long story short, um, uh, I think from, from Milbury, and I've, I've said this many times before, I, I don't think, I, he just doesn't, he wouldn't represent how I would choose to think. And if I met him in person, I would be as kind as I am to anybody else. I just find um, the stuff that he has said recently, uh, and frankly, just the point of view that he represents, uh, anathema to the growth of this game and not where we're headed at all. Yeah. And so I, I, I wonder for NBC how they plan on attracting new members. You know, like when they bring on a guy like um, Corey Schneider, who is phenomenal. Like I've been so blown away by Corey Schneider as an analyst. Good looking guy, young, knows what's going on, understands the game and can truly speak to what's happening in those players' heads because he was just on the ice with them, you know, 18 months ago. Um, less, you know, what's, well, less, yeah. yeah. And I think you get guys like that, and this is why I tweet. I tweeted a, something, and I basically said there are so there is so much great broadcasting potential out there that's underemployed right now, that uh, or that just isn't hasn't been discovered yet. That could offer so much in a position like that. And I'm all for bluster. I'm all for big talk. I'm all for entertainment. People people said, well, if you don't if you don't like Mike Milbury, how can you like Brian Burke? Uh, not the same, not even close, <laughs> like not even oh, the, if, if you think that that, if you think that that is the same, then this isn't a conversation worth having. They're not. And they, and they, and they mentioned Stephen A. Smith. You're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. It's just not correct. Um, right. and, and, uh, and Stephen A. Smith, same thing, who is bluster and loud and a, like crazy opinion, but represents where basketball is, where football is, and where it's going, and accurately reflects his audience. Mike's, Mike Milbury's audience is Mike Milbury, right? <laughs> when you're a broadcaster, what you're supposed to do is broadcast, broadcast, as in you got a broad audience, you reflect how they speak. And, you know, we've had a major year of social upheaval in this league and, and with the culture of the game. Everything, it seems, hit this year. Things that have been bubbling under the surface for decades hit this year. And he seems to be the last holdout. Now, you know, I've been on record as saying I really like, um, I really like this person's broadcasting style, the person I'm going to talk about. 
Um, and I, I love homers. I love homers when it comes to um, local broadcasts in, in sports. I think there's nothing wrong with a play-by-play guy being a fan of the team and reflecting back how the audience feels about that team. You know, we've got one in Toronto, Joe Bowen, absolute legend and unabashedly fan. Uh, and people, are, people get upset on the national broadcast when they don't have a guy like Joe Bowen on. Well, frankly, on a national broadcast, you can't. You've got to be neutral. If it's a broad, and a lot of Leaf broadcasts are national because they're big games and they rate highly. So oftentimes you just can't have a Joe Bowen on something like that. Now, Jack Edwards is infamous for some of the things he said. Infamous. But rarely, I mean, he tweets crazy shit. But rarely do you get something like this. So we're gonna, I'm going to read this out to you. Uh, this is from his Twitter account. What NBC hasn't shown yet regarding the unfortunate inju- injury to Sveshnikov, the Carolina wing-playing hobby horse riding Chara on the back apron of the goal. You poke the bear, you take your chances. No one wanted to see Svechnikov hurt, but he bit off more than he could chew. And <laughs> this is... <laughs> It's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you saw the Svechnikov play, first off, Jack Edwards has it wrong. It's a completely different player that was riding on yeah. Chara. Second, um, when Jeff O'Neill, who is also big on bluster and entertainment value, and I, I think Jeff O'Neill is a phenomenal broadcaster. Love Jeff him. O'Neill love is him. amazing. Um, Works he, for the competitor, and I love him. Yeah, when he writes to Jack Edwards and said, you're a moron. And Evander Kane. <laughs> Did he? A, yeah. It's got 6,000 likes. When Evander <laughs> Kane retweets with comment and, and, and calls Jack Edwards out. And, of course, Jack's going to leave it up because it's great press for Jack. You know, it's a banner week for broadcasters here. And I have to – I just want to ask the question. If we are truly committed to this thing about changing things – doesn't everybody have to get on board eventually? And I'm not talking about totally muting Jack Edwards, but remember when <laughs> it was a Roman Bo- boring, boring broadcasters are the enemy too. They are. They're, yeah. the, the, the biggest enemy for hockey is boring. And I like Jack Edwards until he says like Roman Polak got hurt and he deserved it. You know what I mean? Remember that call? Which yeah. is not far off from what he said. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially that there is, there's a line, and I think I'm looking for the line. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting on that line to be reestablished. I'm waiting on, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, I, imagine somebody like, uh, um, uh, who's the quarterback, Jesse, was with the Cowboys? Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Imagine Tony Romo saying, boy, that wide receiver deserved to have his knee blown out. <laughs> You know, not for nothing, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> like before the play starts, he's yeah. gonna have his knee blown out. Watch. <laughs> Watch. My only thing with this now that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, the only thing with this is that I think the fans deserve better. You know, it's like we're watching all these guys, these these left these holdovers from a, clearly a different generation, and just people whose opinions that nobody kind of really is in line with anymore. And who's really being entertained by this? I get if you're a Bruins fan, you probably love Jack Edwards to some extent, but a lot of Bruins don't, fans don't it's exactly. Weird. But a lot really? of them don't, and it seems yeah. like the fans want something different. Same with Milbury. Like who's sitting there being like, ah. 
can't wait till Milbury gets yeah. on the screen. Like, I'm living for this. So why yeah. not, as these broadcasters, give the fans, the people who are driving the game, the people who are giving you your revenue, give them what they want, which is somebody entertaining and not going to offend half of the world whenever they decide to fire off a tweet. It was the same with Jeremy Roenick. I could, we couldn't understand. Like, it's, it's the... You know the appeal thing. I don't understand it, and and so well, and also the 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 why the why he got in trouble. Like, are are you serious? <laughs> you can't you cannot you can't be serious. Like, uh, oh, I just uh, don't get it. Well, I just don't get it. <laughs> There's probably a lot no, you, you don't. don't. Get. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Holy. So I say all that to say this: there are ways to be entertaining that. Uh, that don't involve what we saw. And I, you know, I, I, I definitely think that I have said before, I think hockey broadcasts are too boring, but I don't think that that's the way it needs to be either. Um, you, if all you have to do is watch NBA on TNT or uh, the Fox uh, halftime show, I think it's, it's Fox that's got Terry Bradshaw and that, that, that uh, with football, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's, that's that panel, NFL that show. panel's a riot. They're so yeah. much fun and they're so smart. And Terry, that's the, Howie, Michael. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Find the feel good. Because no one's going at, no one's looking at those guys going, God, I want them to say something controversial. Like, sure hope that guy's hurt. Like, that's not really what wins. <laughs> it's not. And so, you know, that's the part that kills me is that it's like people think because Jack Edwards has been on the air this long or Mike Miller's been on the air this long that they're incapable of changing. I wouldn't have a problem with Milbury if he'd grown at any point since 1986. But, well, you know, you, the thing about broadcasting is views change and you have got to move with that. You can't just be like, this is, my, this is my seat and I'm sitting in it forever. And if you do, then you're going to alienate people because we learn and we grow as a society. And I just feel like we're, the younger generation, I can tell you this, maybe NBC doesn't care, but the younger generation's moving on. And you're, you're, you look at the people that resonate with, with people that are going to carry this game in the next 15 years. It ain't those guys. So... Uh, it's, it's, and it's not because those guys aren't capable, right? That's the other point I'm trying to make here is they are capable. If they changed and modernized their ideas, even if, even if Milbury remained a dinosaur, but like you could see some growth, I'd be like, okay, great, right? Like you can't ever expect everybody to grow at the same rate. My views in the last eight years of doing this podcast have changed immensely. Totally. I grow every oh, year. Yeah. Immensely. Like if you look, some of my takes back in the day about socialism, I, I used to think fighting was great. It's like, oh, fighting is awesome. First season of the show, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't see the NHL without fighting. And, and now it's like, well, I kind of understand why we probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. I, I still, I'll still admit that I like watching it and oh, also that too. I actively know it's wrong. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, and and so I, got, I, I got called out recently, uh, like you, you called for the injury of another player. And I'm like, what, what the hell did I – I once, uh, Jake Dotchin, um, oh. who serial just, uh, his ass has one end of a magnet and everyone's knee has the other end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> he, he's brutal. <laughs> Why do you describe it like that? I, cause I haven't fucking slept Jesse. Anyway, he's got a, he's got a backpack full of magnets. He's man. got a back, a donk full of magnets. He's got back shins. No, and he's Action. got back shins. And I've said, I've said things like, 
you know, someone needs to give a uh, to give Colton or a rag with that guy's scent on it and just sick him. But like it's like it's a contact sport. Like for example, Jake Muzzin uh, taking out Anthony Mantha in what I thought was an unfortunate incident. I am. It's it's completely fair game to expect the Red Wings are going to attack. Mm-hmm. It's what's not completely fair game and what's chicken shit is Andreas Thanasiu trying to take Kerfoot out at the knees. Like, I, I'm not calling for dirty hits to injure a player, but, like, if someone's going to lay a big a big hit or something, and, like, if Zdeno Chara, you know, decides to lay a big, clean hit on Svechnikov because he didn't like the hobby horse or whatever the 19th It's a very nonsensical reference. It's, almost, it's hard to read. Yeah, it is. Um, like, yeah, it's no one saying no one should ever get hurt and everyone should just be happy People all the hurt. time. People are going to get hurt. It is a rough sport uh, and will remain so. Mm-hmm. But you, un- you understand the flavor, right? Like, Adam, you, you're, you, know, you were trying to justify liking w- what Jack Edwards is, li- liking homers. Yeah, I do. You, I, do. I don't have to justify. I love it. I do. Of course. Of I think course. Every team should have that. You like, you like that flavor of soup. Mm-hmm. You don't like when there's a toenail in it. Nope. That tweet's a toenail. I might send that back. You might send it back. And if, you know, and then how many times can you go to a restaurant before you go, you know what? I do like the flavor of the soup generally, but they, every time I go, there's a toenail in it. Right. You'd probably stop yeah. going. Yeah. And my point is. You'd be, can, I, can I buy this in a can? Yeah. Like, does, yeah. It, does, does can the you, canned soup have toenails? Can you, can you put it through like a coffee filter first so we can catch the toenails? Before the soup gets into my bowl. And like, then what you're eating do? it, though, and there's no more toenail, but you know there was one. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I think that these guys are talented enough to move their views forward if they wanted to. But they've never really been challenged. They've never had to. And I think it's time that, that, that you know, you're allowed to be, at least I, I think, I'm a, as a viewer, I'm allowed to comment on that. I'm allowed to be not cool with that. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that does me any favors in the broadcasting world, but it's, but it's how I feel. It's the, it, the reality is they're, they're missing the mark with what this could be. And this goes back to my whole issue with around broadcasting and hockey, which is a, a thing that I could talk for hours about. There is just not the fun excitement level that I want to see. Uh, it's, it's either very dry. Uh, there are some really fun moments and that sort of thing. But where is my NBA on TNT? Where is uh, my Fox halftime show panel? Where is that in hockey? And I just, I haven't seen it yet. And I, may, I'm, I know people are in development on stuff like that. I get it. Um, not seeing it. And I want to see it. I want to see them hit that, hit that mark because I think the NHL would be a lot more fun if we had a lot more fun with the NHL. And by the way, having fun with the NHL does not mean uh, let's, uh, let's applaud uh, when somebody blows out their knee. So we'll move on from that. Uh, we do have. Svechnikov, only- by the way, is out for the playoffs. Yeah, of course he is. The whole so, playoffs. Yeah. yeah Moore, they asked Brindamore uh, if they expect Svechnikov back, and he says highly doubts it. Yeah. He'll be course. able to return for the playoffs. There you go. Fuck. Fuck. So. Um, very unfortunate. Oh, it sucks. Uh, I'm such a fan of the Canes, man. I fucking what a great team. Let's get into um, let's get into Sally of the week, Stephen. Yes. Uh, and it has to do with a cane. 
So Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, Selly of the Week. Steve Dangle is picking somebody that did not score. Yeah, well, I, I, can't, I can't help it. Like when you get something stuck in your head and you're like, Steve, what Selly are you going to pick? And you ever try to picture something and just something else just keeps shoving its way in there. And every time I tried to think of a great Selly from this past week, all I heard inside of my soul was, ah, Mr. Svechnikov! That's all I heard every single time. The, the, the Jordan Martinuk video that was going around <laughs> of every game before the game begins, he just – and it's infectious. I, and I know it's coming every time, but I laugh at it like I'm a toddler. He's just staring off into the distance, but you see his teammates are starting to look, and you're just like, where's Svechnikov? Where's – oh, there he is. Ah! Mr. Svechnikov! I love it. So and can I you explain, like the, now, explain that video it. for anybody that hasn't seen it, though? Context it a little bit. Sorry. I, well, I assume everyone's seen it, but Jordan Martinuk, uh, assistant captain or alternate captain, depends mm-hmm. who you ask, of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, before every game, you know the Washington Capitals are weirdos, and they, they, uh, when they line up in the hall to go out for warm-up, they're tapping each other in the cup. Mm-hmm. They love it. They've done it for years. They just whack each other in the cup. They, they just do cup checks all the time. It's the strangest thing. It's more strange, I would argue, than what Jordan Martinuk does, which is in the hall, he just stands there real quietly. <laughs> Waits till he's standing right next to Mr. Svechnikov! <laughs> well, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to send this out so you can check it out. It's pretty good. I- you must have all seen it. It was nope. going around. It was the number one <laughs> thing. Nope. How did you guys follow the last couple of days of playoffs and not see that video? I don't think we – well, we, again, we're not deep in the internet on Saturday mornings when it's 32 degrees outside. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so that's probably how we missed it. That's right. <laughs> Adam, Adam, would have, Adam would have seen it if it was <laughs> something to do with history maybe being maybe. weird i miss a lot i miss a lot uh so anyway so that's our my celly of the week was celebrating the game of hockey before it even begins jordan martinuk ah! kellogg's frosted flakes celly of the week make sure that uh, hey when you're watching the game why not some frosted flakes right why not now why uh, not why <laughs> no i want to talk about <laughs> Hey, that's a different thing. Don't do that. Wait, wait, Get that out of here. So apparently people were mad at us last episode for not mentioning the, the Ranger Scott Lafreniere is the first pick. Or got yeah. the first pick that they'll select Lafreniere with. If it was the least, you guys would have dumped a whole episode of Bell. Well, probably, hey, Jesse, yeah. Jesse. Probably. Watch um, your tone. Watch your but tone. also, like... I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. The way I, I look at this show when I'm prepping this show is what can we talk about? So It's a good strategy. So what can we actually talk about? Because the show is not a news show. The show is a chatting about stuff show. And so when I look at something like that, I go, okay, yeah, everybody knows that. Rangers got Lafreniere as a first pick. Already, Everybody knows that. Uh, Going to be really great for their rebuild. Eh, everybody kind of knows that. And that's it. That's it. 
<laughs> That's it. Like the thing is, is that we've talked about the Rangers at length and what a great job Jeff Gordon and his team have done. And, you know, having Panarin in there, um, you know, what are they going to do with the goalie situation? Look, we've talked and talked Very and talked at length about the Rangers. All this does is make them better. But did you need us to say that? <laughs> I guess you like, want to hear it. I, guess, I, I, mean, I will say this. I will say this because I saw some people like comparing rebuilds and, oh, the, the Rangers rebuild is luck. And I'm like, what? I don't think so. And well, and they said it was luck because they won this lottery mm-hmm. and they got the second overall pick last year, translating into Capocaco. The New York Rangers rebuild has been good long before they won this draft lottery, mm-hmm. which, which, by the way, they have not used that pick yet. They have not drafted anybody with it. Therefore, they have seen no benefit from it on or off the ice. And Capocacco this season, 66 games, 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points. Yeah, I picked him up in my fantasy pool. Everybody was like, oh, he's going to be great. He was okay. He's going to be great. But, me, he was, he was whatever this season. Like, the New York Rangers did not succeed this season because Capocacco had 23 points and they won the draft lottery and got a player who they haven't even picked yet. Are you sure? No, I'll have to okay. go back and check. <laughs> I'll have to go back and check. But you see, we're not talking about Lafreniere right now. We're right. not even talking about the first overall pick. We're talking, about, we're the talking about the Rangers rebuild. There's no story. It's just good. Congratulations, Rangers fans. Like, I don't, I, there's nowhere to go with it. So that's why I didn't bring it up. Maybe they now, that might have been that. an oversight. Maybe Congrats. we just, yay, happy, happy for you, happy for him. What a great. Like Nick, go back and listen to the Nick Kiprios interview that we did years ago when he talks about playing for the Rangers and how amazing it is to be in New York as a Ranger. Like, Sounds pretty great. Cool. Lafreniere is laughing. He's laughing. Hey. How great would it have been if he was a Leaf? Lafreniere. People would have been butchering it. Knee slapping. Mm-hmm. Knee slapping at him. Yep. Like that knee slapper? Yep. This Good. is. Good man. What? <laughs> Hi, great. I'm down. Went off the deep end for uh, for Steve. Have a good love. I'm tired. We love tired Steve. Now, no one does. Just bringing up the playoffs picture. Okay. <laughs> Don't make me. Now Don't I want to talk. Me start bragging about what? Oh, about your picks. Okay, Jesse. What do you want to brag about, Jesse? I just want to say a team that you guys had no faith in and that I believed would take down the 2018 Stanley Cup champions is doing the thing right now. They're, the Islanders are up 3 nothing on the Washington Capitals. It's How dare you not have oh, faith in them? did they win them? today? They won oh, again. They won today. What did you, Barry Trotz ask for and why didn't the Caps give it to him? I know. Well, check this stat out. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. According to Peter Hassett, during five-on-five play, John Carlson has been on the ice for six Isles goals and zero Caps goals. And then he he finished that. If he wins the Norris, we need to abolish the Norris. Now, that's not fair because... (laughs) Yeah, how dare you? Frankly, it's it's (laughs) what happened in the regular season. It's the regular season. There was five months in between that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, (laughs) however, (laughs) not good, Batman. Uh, And I wonder... Uh, what this means, I know Braden Holtby had a good game, but I ha- has he had a great series? 
And I, I do really wonder, like, he's going to get paid big time this summer. No it won't what. be by the Caps. No. Very, very interesting to see what happens here because if he, if he doesn't steal a couple wins in this series, it conceivably is going to cost him a couple million dollars. Like, if you look at um, – if you look at the, the cap being flat for the next three years and committing that kind of money to a goaltender, uh, yes, he won a Stanley Cup, so there's, that's inarguable. But it's sort of, what have you done for me lately? And if you're, you know, when you're a player going into free agency in an environment like this, the pressures of you know, the, just the world economy right now are pressing down on you. Yeah, the only it, thing that is going to differentiate you is winning he's got to win a couple playoff games in this series because i don't know about that eight million dollar number if he doesn't is anyone gonna get paid big you know we keep going. Right. Oh, this guy's gonna get it is the is, taylor is hall anyone gonna, gonna taylor no no is alex petrangelo gonna get it no no and, and this is what some people were you don't think creatively petrangelo going sorry you don't think petrangelo is gonna get it i don't i mean you don't think he's, he, he can he might get it get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey. You went there. Yeah, <laughs> one of my um, things. That's oh, it's the best. Um, good throwback. It's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing um, Jordans. Jordans now. Jordan Martin. <laughs> Jordan Martin. <laughs> um, there's a reason there's a salary cap, and it's because NHL GMs can't help themselves. Right. Uh, and I typically uh, say that ownership getting involved is very bad. And they don't know what they're talking about, at least when it comes to making a hockey team better. Uh, ownership is going to be involved more than ever uh, in this hockey process. Um, Did you hear the Pittsburgh news to that point, Steve? Uh, that they're not going to be a cap team. They're not get, the Pittsburgh wow. Penguins are not going to spend to the cap. And whose choice was that? Owner. You think Jim Rutherford is like, ah, we're going to go cheap? You think any GM is like, ah, we're going cheap? I have a question about the Capitals moving okay. forward. Sure. That I think is interesting. They go at the beginning of every sentence. Continue. <laughs> Look at this guy. It's, wow. Adam, uh, that's dad seniority right there. <laughs> I got I to gotta catch up. Anyway, Braden anyway. Holby has a bad game four. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get re-signed by the Caps. Gone. Mm-hmm. Goes somewhere else. Gets He's not going to get re-signed anyway, but okay. Probably not going to get re-signed. Whatever. Leaves. Caps miss the playoffs next year. You take a look at your roster. You say, Alexander Ovechkin is a UFA. Wow. Does he play for a different team? Starting for in the 2021-2022 season. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are you going to Are you gonna pay out? If, you're, if your team needs a rebuild... You're the Washington Capitals GM right now. You're, the Capitals need a rebuild. You have a terrible 2020-2021 season. How Ovi many goals does Ovi UFA. get? Does yeah, Ovi still – does he produce like Ovi? A casual 35. Okay, then that – yes. Then you absolutely resign him. You, re- you resign him for $12 He's million? A, he is the best player in Capitals history. I don't care if it stops them from winning the cup for the next five to seven years. You keep Alexander Ovechkin because he did win you a cup mm-hmm. and because you would have a mutiny. Washington if you, if you let you Alexander Ovechkin walk, you're nuts. You're you want to rebuild. You want, okay. Do you want the Capitals to go back to the, the late 80s era with nobody? The, what? The, what? The, Rod Lang, the Rod Langway years of the Washington Capitals. Adam, the what? The what? 
era. The era. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you got to get it, get it out. My, my point here, Jesse, and mm-hmm. I know what you're doing, and it's great. Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Alexander gonna, Ovechkin yeah, is yeah. the Capitals. Yeah. Is the guy that played for the Capitals. Oh, totally, yeah. Period, end of story. No, you're right. Will be there forever. And if he's not, then Washington has – Washington Capitals fans – have every right to uh, storm the building, take it over, and sign them themselves. Wow. I'm just I got news for you, though. I have, I have one name. It's a name we're all familiar with because the pandemic happened. Okay. The name is Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause let Michael Jordan walk in 1998. And he said, you know what? Screw these six-time world champion bulls. I'm letting Michael Jordan go. If Michael Jordan can walk away from a team and have a GM be like, hey, I don't need you anymore. A GM can let Alexander Ovechkin walk away. Right, because Jerry Not even Krause, the same scale. Jerry Krause thought Tony Kukoc was going to be the next thing. And Tony We need good. a rebuild. I'm the captain. And then he, ah, and then he brought just, in Kirk Heinrich and all those other guys or whatever. No. No, and Jerry Krause couldn't see the forest through the trees, and he couldn't see above his own belt line. Uh, the guy put together <laughs> – a good he put together an incredible team and then he let egos take over he did he did yeah i did yeah i did did you those pants are high all right they were pretty high high. he did he did he hiked them up he did live in a van down by the river but i i just want to appreciate jesse bringing up one of the one of the most praised and appreciated and ultimately successful decisions that gm has ever made in any sport (laughs) is jerry Krause not signing michael jordan because that's the thing. Jerry Krause put together that team and did an unbelievable job doing it. What's he known for? Yeah. Being got, the guy who let it fall apart. Yes. I got news for you, though. The Capitals finished sixth in goal differential, second in goals, and they had the third best points percentage in the league. They are not a Braden Holtby away from missing the playoffs. <laughs> I no, think they'll, they'll be, be okay. They're going to be fine. Yeah. It's, a nice, it's a nice hypothetical. There's no way. Plus, we'll I think uh, – uh, who's the who's the backup there? Um, Samsonov. Samsonov. I think he's going to be a starter. I think yeah, he's a starter. Yes. Yep. Starter potential. Now, um, I want to come and move on here. It, obviously, uh, you know, our uh, our very best goes out to Claude Julien and his family. Obviously, with what's going on, it's, it's kind of scary. I know that was something heart related, but I don't know if it was a heart attack or if that was ever confirmed. Chest Re- tightness. Regardless of that, the team that Kirk Muller put out yesterday against the Philadelphia Flyers was absolutely outstanding. Sorry, Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers was outstanding. They're going to play again tonight. And they did it for Cloud, which is awesome. I thought that was great. But, and I've chosen Philly in this series because I made an intelligent choice. However, if the Montreal Canadiens do upset the Flyers, they are the most fun team to watch in these playoffs. Because they're already, if the, I will watch, like, right. I love hockey. I enjoy the game. I loved watching the Montreal Canadiens play on Friday. What a game. What a game. That's they, they are hockey. They are what I thought they would be just at least a year or two faster. Just young and hungry. Mm-hmm. They, they've always – they've had this hungry attitude. Even through their lean years, the past couple of years, where they haven't been very good, mm-hmm. there aren't, there's no easy games against the Montreal Canadiens. No. Even when they're not very good, and even when they get outshot, uh, there are no easy games against them. And, God, you, you throw – sometimes you throw a rookie into a position and they completely flop. 
But you see someone like Nick Suzuki in the position he's in already, mm-hmm. and he's doing that good already, and being in that position and succeeding is only going to make him better. And they still got prospects coming. You could, a good deep I, I, system for what I understand. Habs, Habs might be a problem for years to come, man. And I, it's funny, I, I, Eric Engels, I think, was waiting at an airport or something like that, and he said, you know, ask me anything. So I asked if, and I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, I said, if the Canadians have a hope in hell against Pittsburgh, other than Carey Price, who's the X Factor, and he said Nick Suzuki. Huh. And so, you know, you, I guess if you're watching the Habs closely all the time, it's not entirely surprising. If a guy like that shows up, it's going to be a major thing for them. But it, isn't it funny that, you know, when the Penguins were unaware of who was on the Canadians' first line, and now they're tied with the Flyers who absolutely ran the show in but the qualifier and had an incredible season. Pretty amazing thus far. And if this is where it ends, if that's the last win they have, then wow, what a run. Even so, you know, they're 24th out of 24, aren't they? Or 23 out of 24? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who was worse, the Hawks or the Canadians, but, you know, both teams still in it. Canadians. I Sorry, I didn't, my Caps stats were – those were for the East, not the entire league. But I was look, I'm looking at this right now for a reason. So, Alain Vigneault was complaining that the Montreal Canadiens had their number one power play out at the end of the game. And Kirk, Kirk Muller nailed it. Uh, he absolutely nailed it. It's the playoffs. Yeah. What are you complaining that the 24th ranked Montreal Canadiens bullied your sixth ranked Philadelphia Flyers, your team that battled for the number one seed that won game one? That is, that is, that is some trying to find something, anything to be mad about that going back to the last dance would make Michael Jordan blush. And then I, <laughs> Alan Vino, Alan Vino was just trying to get his players going. That was a hundred percent. There's no, they tried believe. in a playoff game and I took to win. personally. How dare they try to win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what is this? What is this? Yeah. No, yeah, that's, exactly. that's garbage, man. That's a, That's an embarrassing, embarrassing thing for Vino to say. But that so as a head coach is what you have to do sometimes. Of course. Hopefully it pays off for him. Otherwise it's only going to get more embarrassing. Um, let's, uh, there's a couple other series I want to mention. Obviously, Vegas dominating Chicago. Uh, Carolina's down a game to uh, uh, Boston. Tampa Bay is ahead on Columbus 2-1, to one, which has got to feel good for Lightning fans because, man, uh, that first, after that first game, you got to think, oh, my God, here we go again. But I, Jesse and I are getting a lot of guff over the Coyotes at Avalanche. They're still However, in it. It's 2-1. Coyotes are still in it. Mm-hmm. Bad boy stops pucks. Darcy Kemper. Oh, my God. 49 saves, I think. Former Oiler. Darcy Kemper, wasn't he? No. Former everything else. uh, Former King and former Wild. That's it. That's it. Wild. You're thinking of Um, Laurent Brassois. Brassois! Brassois! The the Calgary-Dallas series has been interesting. Uh, Calgary's up two to one. It's good to see that happening for them. That's great. And Dallas has got to play Calgary tighter, right? That's the game that they play. They win two-to-one games, and so that's obvious. The series I really want to highlight in the West that no one ever thought would be here. Vancouver is up 2 nothing on the defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round. I thought it'd be tight. I didn't think it'd be like this. Wow. Wow. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to this series, it's, it's been just phenomenal. Vancouver... Pretty much dominated the first game. Uh, and, you know, it was a little closer. It was, you know, a 5-2 win and then a 4-3 win. 
But the story here is obviously Jake Markstrom. And what an incredible goalie. That's a guy, it's so funny with goaltending because that's a guy that in like NHL 2009, I would draft because his potential was 95. <laughs> and, and, and then it looked like, I mean, I think he did. Did he not come over in the Luongo trade? Was he there did. not? He, he did. did. I talked about that on the trade tree recently. Um, and it was sort of like a throw-in, right? They weren't. They were like, this guy's probably passing. He's going to be okay. The, like, the principal part of that trade was L- Roberto Luongo's cap hit. Yes. Um, the fact that Markstrom, and it took him a while. Luongo was a really good goalie at the end of his career, and the Panthers failed him. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, he was really good, and it took Markstrom a long time to catch him. He's caught him now. He's real good. And this mm-hmm. trade... The longer he stays a Canuck, mm, looks real good for him. And if if they end up deciding we can't pay him and we're going to send him somewhere else, then it continues. Then they get, you know, what can you get for a guy who's as good as Jakob Markstrom or Jake oh Markstrom God. these days? He's See, so that, good. There's a goalie in the same vein. This He's the opposite or the inverse of what is happening with Braden Holtby. Here's a guy who's a UFA who is, who is making money every win. Mm-hmm. He's adding, adding zeros every single time he plays. And he's a guy, he's a game-breaking talent. And teams are willing to pay big money because in a, in, a, in a compressed cap situation like they're going to have, the people, what happens is the wealth gap widens. It's happening in the world right now. And they'll pay for mega talent. They will pay for mega talent, but everybody else is going to get squeezed. A guy like Markstrom is going to get big money. And I bet, I don't care what Vancouver has to do, they have to move out Beagle, Roussel, Sutter. Every, they have to sell their grandmother. I don't know. They have got to keep him in the fold. There is no rebuild in Vancouver without Markstrom. It doesn't exist. And See, people the interesting about, thing, though, Adam, is they have DiPietro in the wings. They have Demko in the wings. Demko's but are they the ready? I, yeah. And here's well, the Demko's thing. not really in the wings. The key, he's, he's there. And but. he is very good. Demko's very, very good. But when you have a sure he thing. Markstrom. When you have a sure thing in net, it's a sure thing. This guy's a sure thing. You can trade Demko. You don't want to and don't. You shouldn't. You can expend other assets in, if that's a position of strength for, me, for you. This guy's a sure thing. In a goaltending situation, he's been amazing for the last three years. You don't, like, there's a history there. Um, he's still, I think, 27, 28 years old. Um, he's in his prime. He's, he's in his prime. prime. So you, you, you get him on a five-year deal, hopefully. And this is a guy, and you pay him a lot of money, this is the kind of guy you hang on to. This is the kind of guy that you, you spend big bucks on, not your 3 or $4 million fourth-line center. And I, I think, think I'm going to say something that might change it a little bit. Ooh, I'm ready. Jacob Markstrom is 30. Okay. Does Five still only takes you to 35. Right. Does that change your opinions? No? Well, not really because of how he's performed. I, I don't think so. Uh, he's a late, late bloomer. Um, I don't think he's had the hard miles. Like he's started a lot of games for the Canucks. I don't think he's had the hard miles that most 30-year-old goaltenders would have at the NHL level. Uh, he has had some injuries or a couple injuries here and there, but none of them have seemed too severe if, I, if memory serves, which for me, rarely it does. But the, the reality of it is, you know, people are talking about the Vancouver rebuild and how it's, it's, a, it's a model. And I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But that, that rebuild does not look half as good without Markstrom. And he, you could argue, is the beginning of the rebuild. That Luongo trade 
was the start of things. And maybe, maybe even the Corey Schneider trade for Bo Horvat, maybe that, maybe that was the start. Um, and in that case, it's been a very long rebuild. Well, so this is the thing, man. So Quinn Hughes is getting a lot of attention, and he should be. Rightly so. Rightly He's so. putting up numbers we haven't Amazing. seen since Ray Bork, which yeah. is insane in the playoffs. Um, Elias Pettersson is just really fun to watch. Um, but because of the young star power on the Canucks and their rebuild and everything, a guy who's been there for quite a while now, uh, we all knew was good. We'd all say without hesitation, he's good. I didn't know he was this good. Bo Horvat. I, that friggin' goal he scored the other day. I wouldn't I mean, be able the to captain. Sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep if I was yeah. on the blues. I wouldn't be able to sleep. And Jordan Binnington's had a tough series. We can talk about that too. But uh, Bo Horvat, I knew was good. I didn't know he was this good. Mm-hmm. And let me give you a number. 0-4-1 versus 5-1. and one. That's the Blues versus the Canucks since they arrived in the bubble. The Blues haven't won a regulation game? According to NHL.com, they have not. Wow. I thought they won at least one. Yeah, they lost yeah. that one to Colorado in the final second. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you want, you could, you, could, you could finagle it to three and two, count that as like an overtime <laughs> no. loss. Or, no, you can't. The Canucks, but forget, forget the fact that the Blues are slumping. The Canucks are five and one? It's amazing. Mm-mm, they're well, a problem. I- I feel They're like it might speak to the fact that their high-end guys are young guys. And your body, you can, when you're younger, bring your body up to, up to par where it should be much faster. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. And having a top flight forward oh. um, is great. Like Pedersen, you know, we talked about. Having an elite defenseman. Oh, just, just to have a guy... Just pop into your lineup. Just show up one day. Hi there. Like Quinn Hughes has. Hi there. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. They're a completely different team to watch. What must and, that be like? I wonder. Uh, it's, I see the Canucks from an on-ice and fan base standpoint are, I think, the team I'm most fascinated with these days. Uh, because a lot of Canucks fans are still upset <laughs> about about their previous offseason and the JT Miller trade and everything. And JT Miller's been unbelievable. And at some point, at some point, I think you need to let go and stop calling this luck. I no, really this, do. This is for real. This is for real. But a lot of a lot of people will not admit it. They won't well, admit. Well, if they take the Stanley Cup, if even if Steve, they lose the next four games. They've taken the Stanley Cup champions to six in the first round when they had really, frankly, there was a chance they weren't going to make the playoffs. There was have, a I not, have I not been bullish not on them? One. Have I not been bullish on the Canucks for over a year now? Yep. Because I said, I'm like, listen, I even said with the JT Miller trade, I go, listen, I don't know if it's the smartest move in the world. I don't know. I uh, that trade when I saw it, but I was wrong. They gave up a lot. Mm-hmm. They gave up a lot, and supposedly no, no other team was willing to give up even close to that. They gave up a lot, and it's a first-rounder, and it's unprotected. <sighs> but uh, regardless of how you feel about you know, the cap situation in the future and giving up uh, these picks, look at them. Look at them on paper. They're good. Mm-hmm. Are they the best team in the league? On paper, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Blues, or I wouldn't put them ahead of the Avalanche. Look at them. 
Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. And the great thing about a young team is they get better as the season goes on. Yes. They look great. They do. They might. Do they really thing. do. They might just do a thing. So, um, you know, that's sort of the recap of what's going on in the NHL. I think we got time because I don't know if we got to much of one last time. Let's do a little bit of a longer press conference here. We got about 25 minutes or 22 minutes. We have so many questions. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. So, yes, extendo press conference time. All right. Well, we got 23-minute press conference. Let's go. First one. The Born Ruffians wants to know. Who the hell are they? (laughs) One of the best bands out of Toronto. That's right. That's who. Uh, What's worse? Hearing right back where we started from after an Isles win in Scotiabank Arena or watching the Bruins continue to beat Gardner and Reimer in Scotiabank Arena. What's the worst feeling? I would love it if uh, they, the Bruins have not beaten Reimer. Both their wins were against Mrazek. Mm. I'm not sure how the Hurricanes, A, don't start Reimer in game four, mm-hmm. and B, ride him if he wins. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say, ooh. watching the Bruins win in Scotiabank Arena sucks. I'm, I'm a little sick of that. Let's mm-hmm. stick with that one. Let's stick with that one. <laughs> I actually had a DM question. Can I ask? Can I ask this one, Jesse? I'm sorry to jump in. Uh, so you're going to take away from all the fans who want? I am going to take. It's it's a fan question. Fan question. <sighs> Go ahead, Adam. Fan question. Oh, sorry. I've had this several times in several different ways. So this is one that I really want everybody's take on. Should Leafs management be embarrassed by all the former Leafs in the playoffs? JVR, Kadri, Reimer, Gardner. Levo. <laughs> Should Leafs management be embarrassed by all the guys still in while the Leafs are out? I'll quickly go through each name you just mentioned. Okay. So JVR. That contract is, uh, is a monstrosity. Absolutely not. Kadri. That one's tough. <laughs> no, had Climber. to go. Don't change. Had to go. Had I to agree. Go. Yeah. But that one's tough. If that if trade, trade had worked sucked. out. If the trade had worked out, it would have been different, but yeah. You had right. to go, but uh, ideally in a good trade, which he was not part of, mm-hmm. unless you ask an Avalanche fan. Um, Bozak. Way too much money. Way yeah, too much probably. money, went somewhere, won a cup. Good for him. Reimer. They uh, got rid of him uh, in order to get assets at the bottom of their rebuild. I'm Harder. sad about it, but... Uh, Gardner, they couldn't afford. Terrible contract. Well, big contract that they can't afford. Okay. Can I give you the real answer? Sure. Uh, players change teams all the time, and every team has a bunch of guys on their <laughs> teams. Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's fucking it's pro sports. They all change. All the guys played for other teams. Like, and you forgot Komarov. You want you want me to you want me to do that one too? Too much sure. money. Yeah. Okay. Matt Martin, you want me to do that one too? Too much money. You can't keep everybody. This one comes from Triple Deke, Jason J on Twitter. Out of all the NHL players who haven't won a cup, who would you like to see win a cup? Well, Henrik Lundqvist, but I think we... Oh, that's a good one. I think that oh. ship sailed. Um, that ship might have <laughs> sailed. Joe Thornton. Well, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this year? In the playoffs? Let's go uh, just guys still in the league who doesn't have a cup yet. Joe Thornton. 
Yeah. Joe Thornton. He just all around good guy. Uh, it's amazing that he can still play at the level that he's at. Um, and I, I wonder what's going to happen with like eight or nine months off, like in December, cause we're not getting a lot of these guys back till December. Um, what's, what's Joe Thornton going to be after nine months off? Is he going to be yeah. better because he's had some rest? Is he going to be worse? Is he going to be able to like, can he hang? Like, I don't know, but I would really love to see him get a cup because I think he's been a great ambassador. Uh, apparently just an amazing teammate, amazing guy, great dad, all the things that you could want and has come as close as you possibly can and just could not make it happen with San Jose. And they, you know, they perennial favorites, but they ran into LA and Chicago and LA and Chicago and, and I think St. Louis as well. A couple times. It, it just, it just didn't happen. Since, since we're basically just doing old guys, um, Mark Giordano, Mm-hmm. with uh, the Calgary Flames. Yep. Can I say Ben forever. Bishop? Ben Bishop got really close with the with the Tampa Bay Lightning and he took uh, just was not uh able to pull it off. And uh Shea Weber. Can I Shea say Shea Weber? Weber? Yeah, mm-hmm. and Carey Price even. Like <laughs> I mean yep. Price is getting up there. I mean he's 32 or whatever, but you know, 30, 31, whatever. Um, still, it's still. it's athlete yeah. old. Yeah, it's athlete old. I mean, Shea Weber's what thirty four. Shea Weber's like two years older than me. It's ridiculous. I feel like he's like my dad. <laughs> he's a frightening um, human being. Yeah, I stood uh, next to him, and I stood next to him when I think he didn't want to talk to me. And you really get the impression he doesn't want to talk to you. Does he? Did he know? Did he know? You feel it strongly about him? No, uh, it's, I had spoken to him the day before, and it was cold outside on the red carpet in St. Louis, and I think he was sort of like, hey, man, it's cold, and I spoke to you yesterday. Ah, uh, move it along. Hey, Get the fuck I, away from me. I have a question. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I have a question. Damn. Go I've got a good question. His yeah. birthday was two days ago. He hey. just turned 35, Adam. Sorry. That was not my question. It's an interesting answer, though. Oh, okay. Sorry. I tried to guess. Right. It's a very Pierre Maguire answer of you. Well, what minor team did he play for? From Sycamus, BC. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Adam. The Kelowna Rockets. Oh. Second round pick, 49th overall in 2003. Okay. So, depending upon, let's say Montreal wins against Philly. I thought you were going to say the Cup. <laughs> no, no. Just against Philly. Okay. Against Philly. Did Montreal win the P.K. Subban, Shea Weber trade? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they did. At this point, yes. I think they did. We yeah. were all wrong. Yeah, 100%. Mark Bergevin, the genius. <laughs> now, it well, didn't pay off right away, but now, let's say P- PK could come back and be PK again next year. We don't know. Yes. yes. It's going to take a while, and the cap recapture is still a big old... That's a problem. Mm-hmm. By the way, is that not the dumbest rule in the history of... Any- why, are we, why, are we make- why are we doing cap recapture? You just That's reminded so me. Stupid. You just reminded me ab- about something I was thinking about in the shower, a hockey thing, because, uh, you know, shower thoughts in the shower. The Nashville Predators, uh, if Shea Weber retires, will be dinged with a cap recapture penalty. Uh, I believe the Habs will also have to pay part of that. It's, it's like the, uh, the Panthers and Canucks, how the Canucks and the Panthers are sharing to different degrees uh, the cap hit for Roberto Luongo since he retired. You know, if the Habs have to pay part of the cap hit and the Predators have to pay part of the cap hit, you know who should also have to pay part of the cap hit? The team that caused this problem in the first place, the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. They're the team that signed the contract. They signed it in the first place. They offer sheeted them. 
and they designed it in this despicable way to basically be like, well, the predators couldn't possibly. And the predator said, yeah, I bet you, I bet you we can. The if you sign someone to an offer sheet and they are part of a cap recapture penalty uh, deal, you should get dinged too. Cause you, you made the you never had the player though. Gives a oh. shit. The NHL. <laughs> the NHL, it wouldn't even be the weirdest thing about it. It's the true. NHL needs luxury tax more now than they ever have. There's yeah. no question about that. Now it's like, now it's seriously, with the way the pandemic, it may actually force the NHL to do it. I'm not kidding. Well, yeah. and the, so, and the Luongo but, recapture is like $3 million bucks. Oh, no, gosh, we got to plan around that. Isn't the Weber recapture like $20 million? I don't know. Or so, it's cartoony. Know. It's so, crippling. You can possibly plan around it. But what I want to say is, um, when it comes to cap recapture, who benefits? Let's go through it. There's three major parties in this sport. You got the owners, you got the players, you got the fans. The owners do not benefit because they have to physically pay the money, right? They have to write the check. The players do not benefit because the player themselves, yes, they get, well, they get their money because that's the contract they signed, but the players who are on the team who don't benefit from that multi-million dollars, those three or four million bucks that are in the recapture and say in the case of the Canucks, for instance, you know, that's a, that's a, that could be a second line guy. It could be a third line guy that they're just not going to, they're going to have to go without. And so because, because of this cap crunch, and then you got the fans who don't get to watch a team that is as good as it should be. They're being held back by a contract that their team in this case, in these cases that we're talking about, didn't even sign. And that's, the part about the cap recapture thing is from a bygone era. It was two negotiations ago. I don't understand, especially with the way the NHL let um, the devils off the hook with Ilya Kovalchuk's contract, <laughs> how they're not doing this with the other teams. Adam, you brought, is, up, you brought up one of the most important clauses in the National Hockey League. The or, Mike, clause. or Mike yeah. <laughs> Look what happened with Mike Richards. How the hell That's did the, the one? How did the Kings get away with that? Because they enacted the command clause. The NHL said, this is what we're dinging you. And the Kings went, come on. And they went, okay. The Predators are going to have to, they're going to have their lawyer read through the fine print. It's somewhere, it's probably on like page 14. Somewhere in there is the command clause. And you're going to have to enact it. And the NHL will go, okay. Who does cap recapture benefit? It's nobody. It's, it's a boogeyman to make so you get scared rid of, of signing a deal. Get rid of it. Yeah. Stop this. This is yeah. nonsense. Pull, yes, get the player. The, if, the player the, if the player needs to get paid, the player should still get paid. But absolutely not. Should that count it against the cap? Because frankly, it was, a lot of these contracts are t like seven or eight years old now. They're just not relevant. I was just about to look that up. This contract was signed in 2012. Come on. Eight years ago. Come on. <laughs> Like Mark Recchi had just retired. Like you know, this is it's it's a it's a it's a pointless thing. I was working for the KHL. Yeah, it's stupid. The podcast hadn't even started yet. It hadn't even started. The Shea Weber's contract <laughs> began before the podcast. And guess what? After this year, it still has one, two, three, four, five, six years left on no it. Way. Taking Shea Weber to forty-one, and it's the Flyers' fault. The signing team on Cap Friendly says Nashville Predators. Incorrect. Matching team, the Preds. Signing team is Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. For the next question, 
can I get you guys to do something? Mm-hmm. I want you to pull up Cap Friendly. Oh, already there. And take a look at the Edmonton Oilers roster, and then take a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs roster. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Brendan Wadlow on Twitter wants you guys to make sad. up a potential trade oh, between the Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs because Elliot Friedman keeps mentioning those two teams as potential trade partners. And they've been mentioned for years together as good fits for each other, even as far as Tyler Ennis and Connor Brown. And, you know, obviously Tyler Ennis actually ended up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, we didn't really talk about it, but Luke Fox even floated the idea that Freddie Anderson is going into his last year. Do they keep going? What about Jack, Jack Campbell? We'll see. Um, Freddie is not re-signing in Toronto, guys. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, so this is the last year of Freddie Anderson, for better or for worse. But as far as a trade between the Leafs and the Oilers, the, the, I think the, the thing that instantly people go to is Adam Larson. And yep. the reason why you shouldn't is the Adam Larson-Taylor Hall trade occurred four years ago. Adam Larson is not the Adam Larson who was traded to the Oilers. In fact, Adam Hard Larson, is not, he's not the Adam Larson that the Oilers thought they were getting. Hard yeah. miles. And Hard so mile. it's, it's nothing against them. No, hundred percent. Not, no, no, no. Um, if I am, if I am Kyle Dubas, you're looking at one of their defensemen who's not named Chris Russell. It's, it's never going to happen, but I would love me some Ethan bear. Oh yeah. Me too. But it's never going to happen. Never. Um, I don't see, I don't see a trade here unless, no, unless neither. you're talking like, cause Kapanen would be the guy that I would think the Oilers would be most interested in any speed that they can get on the wings. I think the Oilers would be. Oh. imagine a guy that can actually keep up with Connor McDavid. Adam, you froze a little there. Could you just repeat right? what you're saying? Oh, sorry. 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 My apologies. Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I don't see a trade happening here. Uh, that doesn't involve Kasperi Kapanen for the Leafs, which is frankly, I think, a necessary evil. I don't love giving up that skill set, but you have to look at what Edmonton's going to be interested in. If you want to make a trade, you can't just no, you're, you can't have them. Well, then there's no trade. Right. And they're going to want a guy with some speed on the wings. And imagine, imagine Connor McDavid's got a winger that can actually keep up with him. Right now, we've said Kapanen in the top six is not great. However, next to Connor McDavid, I'm not really sure it matters. Um, you know, that Kapanen could be a 25-goal guy in no time with that guy. Uh, he's just got to stop shooting it at the chest. If we could if we get him shooting down at the pads, that'd be great. Um, and beyond that, like, who are the Oilers actually going to give up? Are they going to give up Oscar Clefbaum at $4 million for the next three years? I don't think so. Adam Larson's on his last year of his deal, but he's 27 years old. He's slower. There's harder miles. I don't see I don't see a Kappen and Larson uh, trade for trade. Chris Russell is just not ever going to be on Kyle Dubas's radar. Then you've got Darnell Nurse at five point six million dollars, who'd be the guy I would be most interested in. Mm-hmm. But he's a left-handed shot defenseman. Yeah, so that's problem one. Problem two is the Oilers would be like, no. <laughs> so I don't see, and maybe I would love Elliot to expose or sorry expound on what he thinks. Because I'd love to know, because I know Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear and stuff, they're, they're looking really, really good. So there is potential for the Oilers to deal from a strength here. But the only two guys I can see them wanting to give up are Chris Russell and Adam Larson. And I don't see those being guys, like unless you can get Adam Larson for, 
I mean, you're going to have to trade salary back. You're going to have to match salary somehow. Um, if you're talking um, about two teams that don't have good defense trying to yeah, help each other they like out. Already, and, so that's, that's why I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see what Elliot sees and that's not rare. Elliot often sees far further and far more than I do. Right. No, they've yeah, the spoken. That, yeah. He's mentioning something. So there's gotta be a there, there. You oh, know? there is. There's smoke. There's, smoke. Yeah. there's lots of smoke. Last so, question. Last question comes from Nick Reinhold. Nick Reinhold wants to know, at any point during your interview, Steve, did you want to ask PK if he wanted to play for the Leafs? What's he going to say? Yeah, I don't like asking questions that I know people can't answer. Um, (laughs) I mean, it might have been interesting to watch him squirm and dance around, but Mm -hmm. I'm a guest on his show, really. Um, And, like, I got that clip on my channel basically as payments like hey if you come on this channel we'll give you the okay, so fine. on your channel there's a clip from the show no so i did i was on pk suban's podcast for uh-huh. however long i don't remember like 15 minutes mm-hmm. um you can watch the whole thing it's part of a podcast i was i was the other guest with jerry bruckheimer wow uh, <laughs> ridiculous what the people he's had on the podcast so far as far as i know are gary bettman jerry bruckheimer and me uh so okay anyway right. we did we did like 15 minutes and then do we want to like, do a rankings of those people in terms of uh okay <laughs> what, 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 number three criteria coming in what are we well, ranking the base who's got the best youtube channel steve if there we're, you go. If, <laughs> we're, if we're comparing viewership of clips i'm number one baby <laughs> <laughs> But, um, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> sorry, uh, Jerry and uh, Gary, is it? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, no, and then we did a, a completely separate 10 minutes for my channel where I mm. asked him. Oh, wow. I asked him that question about, like, what is it about the Leafs and collapses, basically? Mm-hmm. I will say this. He answered it like a guy who wants to play for the Leafs one day. Hmm. He's a Canadians fan, though. Uh, Not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, his buddy JT plays for him, though. Yeah. Let me throw, you, let me throw this at you, too. That P.K. Subban podcast is really good. And it? it's, a yeah. little, it's a little unfair that he's this good at broadcasting. I'm not, not going to lie. Like, I've worked for years to be mediocre. And this guy is really good. <laughs> like, really, really good. It so, sucks that he's elite at something and then comes in, like, just tries something, talks about The Rock. But on a first name basis, calls him Dwayne, and yeah. then like does the he he does, and then he does the podcast, and he's really good at it. It's annoying. He's already got like seventy thousand subscribers. I'm like, cool. That took me like ten years, a decade. <laughs> <laughs> like it took me freaking forever. Good. Hey, it took oh, him good a decade. You, PK, I'm happy. It took him a decade too, playing in the NHL. Yeah, it took him a decade to what? To to gain the kind of following that you would need to get seventy thousand followers in a week. Yeah. So, so it listen, took him a decade as well. There's lots of different paths. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can do what I did, or you can do all. You simply just be. Elite yeah. Why don't you simply be elite at, right. at, at hockey? Why not? I mean, elite. He's a second round pick. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do you want to go back on that show? Uh, right. You were on a second show. round pick. He's wow. Okay. Wow. I literally. That's my friend. Uh, peak. That's that's what I call him, Peak. Peaksy. Everyone else calls him the Rock. I call him Peak. <laughs> Hanging out right there. Well, you know what? Uh, we're gonna be back Wednesday. 
Make sure that you nominate your sellies of the week. Tag Frosted Flakes Canada. Tag us. Make sure everybody's included. Uh, we're going to go back into the archives for our Frosted Flakes Selly of the Week. Uh, kind of great sellies from history. Steve's going to dig something up. And until then, good luck to your team, your favorite team. Unless you're like us and our favorite team is out, then good luck to you in life. Ah! Oh, gosh. <laughs> it all went down, Steve. We couldn't even hear it. Yeah, the mic cuts oh. out when you go The mic cuts when you're that loud, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. It's the Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.